0: on this team, we fight Fetic. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us. To pieces, for that
1: inch. Coming in at in 320 kilobytes, kilobytes per second. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time, time for Maddie Z's Z's yeah, 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 yeah. For you, you and, and me. me, me, me.
0: We when it comes to getting dough and chasing dollars. How you doing, bro?
1: Good, how are you, Darren?
0: Glad we can figure it out.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I see you got your own uh, stuff right there, Uh, grind time with Darren McCarty. What's that? What's kind of stuff that? What does that do? What do you guys do Uh, around there?
0: What grind time? Yeah. Grind time, McCarty. Is anything I fucking want it to be? That's mine. So grind time is the people. Uh, it's a podcast. It's a streamcast. It's where I interview people. It's where I talk to people that I don't know that I want to know. Um, It's about meaning, but this is whatever this guy right here, he wants. Now it depends like, and, and what do I mean by that? It means like when I come and talk to you, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, but you know, say if it's uh you want to hear me talk sports, go listen to one, Or you like, listen, <laughs> you know, so grind right time, you're going to find different things, you know, like, uh, I'm a huge Letter Kenny fan, and, and they're buddies of mine. So uh, I don't know if you follow that series on uh, Hulu, but uh, it's a Canadian series. And uh, so, I, you know, Dylan played for a couple of guys, actors, you know, wh- whatever else. Everything that I, I'm into to show, it's about people, bro. I'm all about people at this point in life.
1: Yeah, I respect that, because I, I thank you for coming on my show. It's, it's an honor to be talking to you, man. I mean, me growing up, I was 10 years old watching you play, so, in like when you started, I was like, "Holy shit, this dude can bang and this where, guy- where where are you from I'm from Massachusetts, so obviously, well, I'm a Boston fan, but like that was later on for me because again, in the nineties, there was you guys who were just fucking shit up all the time right and right you, you guys had i mean when I hear like now it's like I hear about you know your grind line in, in like there was nothing, there's not really much like that anymore. Well, the you game's
0: know? changed, right?
1: And, yeah. and, and let's get it,
0: let's get it straight. Deep down, we're all Boston fans because they're just, you're just winners. Um, Terry O'Reilly was uh, old school Bruin that I loved. Terry O'Reilly and Rick Talkett were guys that I wanted to emulate. And, you know, when you're talking about the grind line in Detroit, you know, that's think about it. When you think, like, like even said, being Massachusetts or to under- understand, we don't, understand the gravity but we understand the gravity that when there's a production line there's a Russian five you know there's there's certain things but there's a grind line and I think it's because we played physical played defensive but we also came up and scored some big goals at some big times and you guys appreciate that in Boston you look at your teams you're going through you know that the champions built a lot of the same way starting with that the biggest strongest human being I've ever met or seen in Zidane O'Chara on defense. Yep. Like I got to tell you this here. I collected the captain's sticks, right? So I had this foundation for my dad for multiple myeloma. So all the captains in the league, and I forget what year it was, probably 2002 or something, and I got every stick, right? So it would be a big auction item. So I'm a stick whore, right? So I got to check everybody's stick out. I went to flex Chara stick. Bro, it is so stiff, I almost blew the tendon out of my – my. it was like steel. Like, he's mm-hmm. the strongest – Like like when anybody ever says who's the toughest guy, it's it's like it's like Andre the Giant back in wrestling. You yeah, know right. I mean, like, other than Andre, cause you know, he uh wasn't the champ because he played nice to the Hulkster all those years. But I digress.
1: For me, like back in the day, when you guys played the Flyers in the Stanley Cup, right? And you scored that friggin' goal, like i like nobody knows who uh was the Yanni uh Nani Ninema. Nani Ninema. Yeah, like you crossed him up and then you score on Ron Hextall, one of the best goalies in, in the game, you know, like it was amazing.
0: It's like I tell everybody. afraid to wish for it, but when it's there, you got to strike. And I beat one guy one-on-one my whole career. Um... I knew Steve Eisen was behind me. I was try- – Darren McCarty was going to dump it in because he's a grindliner, remember? But yep, yep. God decided that I was going to be the and you, and the rest is history. So, uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, obviously uh, the first of the four because of scoring the goal.
1: I mean, you – like, it's just like all the years you progressed. Like, it, it's like the Detroit team just got better and better and better like, you guys, you got four Stanley Cups, and I mean, the later one in 2008, but, like, you progressed to where, like, you, Nicholas Lindstrom was still with you, and, like, all these great players, like, you just went alongside them, and you, you know, it's just amazing how your career went. I can't, like, express, like, how crazy it is that you just would defend your team, like, Kind of like what Chris Nyland did for Montreal, uh, well, I mean, that's you, you want to be I,
0: I, I don't fight for my like you'll get away with more shit uh, doing it to me, and I'll decide I mean, when I decide to get up, you're already done then, but but if you attack anybody I love or a teammate or anything like that, I fight for like you know a cause. To answer your question, it'll make sense. Look, our practices were harder than games. Look at the Hall of Famers. Look at the talent. So it forced, you know, you look and you see five Hall of Famers on the bike and you're wondering why you're not in there first. After practice, working with like Brendan Shanahan, you know, learning all these things firsthand, it's because you practiced against them and they made you better not only as, as players but as people. And, and so for some of us like myself that have had ups and downs, ups and downs, um but but has continued to never quit and uh to survive now all those lessons aren't too late to learn to be able to apply them now right i always used to be the guy that you could tell me but i had to i had to experience myself just to go okay yeah i wish i would have listened well you know i try to spread that knowledge to people who want to listen and go okay well I'm not going to get the amputation. I might get a bandaid. Move it up, move it along, right? Yeah. Right. And
1: uh Go ahead. Um for you, I mean, when you that whole thing, the fight at the Joe, you know? Every I'm sure you hear about it a lot, but I mean, before, I mean, I know you must have been really cl- close with uh Chris Draper, of course. And Absolutely. Like, And like that to me that like in my era now, like when I could really concentrate on hockey, like when Marion Hosa got decked from behind, I felt like that was the same exact like sequence. I'm like, and it's, it, it was crazy. So it's like for you, like that night when there was the fight at the Joe, like when you deck Claude Lemieux and like just gave him that fucking whack, like, like I, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of Colorado besides, you know, like Joe Sackick or Peter Forsberg, but right. like with, with Claude Lemieux, like, was he just like an agitator and just got you so pissed off that night? Like you just wanted to go at it with them because of what happened to Draper the year before?
0: Well, absolutely. And we were closer. Uh, we were closer than, uh, than that, obviously uh, line mates, but um you know, best friend, too, but it goes back to, you know, Lemieux being, playing like that, dude, I gotta pause this for a second, oh, World War Three! this one here, this is Dolce, she's a princess, story behind Little Dogs, right, Gordy yeah. Howe, Gordy Howe used to have a mini Yorkie named Rocket, so he made it, tough guys can have little dogs, but she got into scrap, we got Two Yorkies, two French bulldogs, cats, and she's the princess of them all. So her ma mo- her mother is not here, so her mother was freaking out. And just like anything else, guys, precedence. So these are the these are the kids.
1: That's so
0: getting back to you gotta understand about you know the, the Lemieux thing. You go back to the year before, when he hit Chris Draper from behind in game six of the Western Conference Finals, broke his orbital bone, broke his jaw in four spots. In life and in sports, bad things happen, okay? But yep. you cannot lose respect for a fellow human. Okay? Claude Mew had no respect for anybody, but let alone Chris Draper. And the fact that he said he wasn't sorry, the fact that you never would have heard of Chris Draper, and the fact he made, probably just made him millions of dollars – that doesn't sit well with me, bro. Because I'm—that's no. just like anybody else. So the fact, and the, to add on, we would lost to Jersey in '95, set the league record, 62 wins in '96, and then got beat out in the conference finals. Then, um, you know, this happens to Drapes. Uh, it's tough. We had to beat them because we played them three times during the year and hadn't beaten them. So everybody's got a rivalry they got to get through. So just the right. fact that, just the fact that uh, the way that it happened happened, you know, like uh, Igor Larionov and Peter Forsberg. And I, I knew Lemieux was on the ice, but we had to win the game, so I couldn't do anything stupid. If, if something would have happened near the end of the game, yeah, I would have done something stupid because my people in Michigan would have sent me commissary to Jackson State Prison if, if need be. I knew that. I was taken care of. There wasn't – it was – he's going to get it. But so um, the way it played out, uh, Forsberg, like you said, and Larionov, who pff, the only bigger pacifist in life is Gandhi than, than Igor Larionov. Mm-hmm. Starts fighting and then I know the muse on the ice, foot grabs me, Shanty breaks me loose and I pop up and see this face that I'd seen a million times in my dreams, in my nightmares. What would I do if I had the opportunity? And I unloaded every man, women and children, wing wheel nation everywhere was in that fist. Dropped him, was trying to put my hand through his skull and instead just like the things work out, um, I look over and there's drapes. So I rammed his head as hard as I could into the boards. Now four minutes for roughing. <laughs> Four minutes left in which today I would have got probably half a season. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the moral and the godshot of the whole thing is that we were down 5-3 in the third. We tied it up, and I scored the overtime winner. Because yeah. at that point in Wing Wheel Nation, not in the building, not in the city, the state, the country, the world, Red Wing Nation, that was our time, proverbial, going to be all right. I don't know what that means, but it's going to be all right. You understand that as a Bruins fan because you've experienced it recently more recently the same trajectory as us because you've experienced the defeat also right when yes. you know like that was just like out of all the hockey last year stanley cup finals st louis and boston was as old school beat each other up i mean broken bones i mean that was everything and at the end of the day nobody lost it just no. so happened that st louis was better. And I always tell everybody, listen, I'm not afraid to get beat. Is this that I'm never going to lose? I never want to lose. That means it's my fault.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like me as Bruins fan looking at that Stanley cup, like you said, like, holy crap, we're beating them six to three this game. And in like just high scoring games between both teams and then game seven. And it's like, if you're a Bruins fan, they're like, "Oh shit, we're coming home and we're going to win this this series." And then all of a sudden the Blues just turn it on.
0: Oh nine, oh nine. uh I came back uh in 08 we won against uh Pittsburgh. We had him down 3-2 in 09. Um I was hurt in that series, but uh, we ended up losing. So, and then I retired. So, you know, the, the it doesn't There's, but there's so many more positives than negatives. And, you know, that's one of those things is that somebody in the Bruins uh, fan base sold their soul for the last cup for the next one. You know? Yeah. uh,
1: Was it different for you? Like when you left, like when you played for Calgary for a while, like, was that like, was it hard to transfer from like the Red Wings? I think that
0: that's probably one of the only teams that, I could have transitioned it. It was with Daryl Sutter as a coach, Jerome McGinley. It was like going back to junior. It actually revitalized my love of the game, especially that first year. And unfortunately, I got hurt and then, you know, ended up back in rehab, but ended up being able to come back to Detroit. But uh, that year that we lost in the first round in Calgary to Anaheim, that went on to win the Stanley Cup, we were up 3-2 again. Oh, no, haven't. So I've been... Man, it, like you said, uh, I've been on both sides of it. And then, you know, I didn't even mention all the years that Colorado and I, us battled that with up like that would happen. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I'm just grateful to be a cog in the wheel
1: yeah and you sure were a de- defining person in that there, there's there, it's a team and like you were the person on the team who who defended people and like you had like you said four or five hall of famers and like to be on a team like that it was amazing and me when being a kid looking up to you guys like me myself i was like the same thing like fuck avalanche like like i was i wasn't a i never was a fan and besides but you, made, you Bo- made
0: a great point you made a great point fuck the avalanche but not Joe Sackett, because Joe Sackett's like Steve Eisman. They're just in a different yeah, category. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 you see that because he's just this, like, that's why the Colorado organization, you know, that's what I'd always say is that when you want to bash Colorado, bash everybody but Joe Sackett.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'd watch, when I was on the bets and not checking them would be like watch them. And Eisenman was always enamored. Um, you know their game, Sackick and Eisman's game reflected each other so much. But we have the utmost respect, you know, for mo- for for most of those guys, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. They made us better. We made them better, you know. Right. And just, yeah. they at the end of the day. We got three. They got two. But scoreboard.
1: Yeah, scoreboard. Right. <laughs> So, like, my final thing to you is... So, life after hockey, how has it been to trans to transfer into retirement and stuff? I mean, I saw you on, what was it, Hard, Hardcore Pawn and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, no, like I was like, is Darren McCarty, like, friends with these guys? Like, is it? Yeah, yeah.
0: So- no, the, the, the story for Hardcore but So, transition wasn't good for me because I was in the throes of alcoholism and I didn't give a shit. And then it was like I was self-destructive. But along the way, the thing is, if I'm interested in something, I'll go and do it. I don't give a fuck. Right. I mean, I, I do comedy. I got a band. I freaking, you know, uh, into the weed doing, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm gay. Right. You know, like, uh, and it's, it's uh, just the way sort of that, that I've always been. So, so the hardcore pun was because, uh, uh, Les and Seth, the Golds were, uh, friends. They were neighbors. in the same oh, neighborhood. Okay. So I knew them and, you know, actually I always got betrayed as a bitch, but she was the nicest, the sweetest. And, uh, but I always wanted to get into like, I, I talked to the old man and you know, be like, yeah, I would like to learn the business. He said, well, we'll hire you. You want to come in and learn it. I, and the best thing is that it helped me. I worked there for about six months before I went down to Florida to get sober and, uh, and write my book. And, uh, but it was awesome because I'll still go in there to this day and help him. I know the systems and everything else. If they're swamped, uh, not so much in the COVID times, but anything else. Yeah. Right, um, so uh yeah but it, but i love that and i mean and it helps you in your negotiating skills and when you know you know what you're thinking and to learn the, some of the jewelry business and you know behind the scenes i, I mean i love i love those guys because they're, they're real and they and they care you know that's I mean, awesome just tough as he as he looks he doesn't give a shit yeah. so that was fun, and then you know, like I said, I wrote my book. I went to Florida. Um, I've lived parts of the past six years in in back and forth to Florida, uh, Clearwater. And that's my sanctity, and uh, I was able to get sober 2015 on uh, 11-11. So I got that tattoo right here. And, uh, and you know, I, just grateful. You know, I said, I'm a big, huge advocate for cannabis. It's, it's uh, recreational here in Michigan, but uh, I'm involved in the $200 million pin canopy cannabis opportunity to provide the medicine that helped me through, through everything else. So, um, you know, it's one of those things. I said get educated, you know, get medicated. I'm not going to get mad that they were shoving pills down my throat with the lack of education 15, 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. You don't get upset about reading through the education of what we know now compared to, and, and to this plant. And the, and the whole thing is I don't give a shit if you do or you don't, it's about you having an option. And there's right. so many options. That you don't never have to smoke it to get the benefits. And it's just 2020 and that's, uh, Really, it's just, I'm still fighting, just fighting in a different way. I, I look at it like I took the Red Wing off and put the canvas plan on there. So <laughs> you, Google me, bro. You
1: know what you're going to get. I will. And I'll definitely, if you got merch with grind time, I'll definitely rock that shit.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Nick's, uh, Nick's the man when it comes to everything else. See, Nick, that's the whole thing is you realize, too, with your friends and uh, military Guys and and athletes are a lot alike because of the structure and stuff like that. So, you know, having him like you know being in Still a Mill Spec and and teach me a bunch of different things. It's it, it's been great. So we got a good thing with Grind Time and happy to hook up with you, Maddie. We need uh you know it, it's just hooking up and facilitating options to what's going on. I'd love to uh get you on Grind Time and uh that'd you know, be fucking
1: awesome, man. I uh, would ball, really I wait till hockey
0: it. comes back. Uh, football, I mean. Shit, bro. I mean, what? Let me ask you a question.
1: All right, yeah. So, I, so I assume
0: you're die, Are you diehard Boston fan? Like sports cross? Like football?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: What are your thoughts of uh, Stitham?
1: You gotta give the kid a chance, Tom okay, Brady. Good. You gotta give a, you gave him a chance. Stitham, give him a chance. Or whatever backup he has, the the drafts with a couple of football quarterbacks they have, give them a shot too. Bill Belichick is an intelligent coach, so he'll know he'll he'll know for sure, probably like you for like like Scotty Bowman. How is he for you? Yeah, well,
0: it's the same thing because because the great uh, you know, I heard this from Jimmy Johnson and Phil Jackson, Jimmy Johnson said, I treat everybody the same, different. Scotty Bowman, greatest coach, uh, let alone greater psychologist, you don't treat everybody the same. That's what he taught us. You treat everybody different, but you the psychology of it, and you know how to push each other's buttons. Like me, you just had to keep the leash on, but I was running 100 on and off, whatever. But I came in. He brought me in. We have a phenomenal relationship. My Hall of Fame moments after he retired, and we were sitting outside the... Mr. and Mrs. Illich is our owners uh, at the Stanley Cup party. And he says, uh, you know, one of the things uh, I regret is I didn't tell my uh, players how much I appreciate them. I was like, oh, thanks, Scott. He goes, no, shut up. And I'm like, oh. And, and, and he said, uh, <laughs> says, no, you're tells me I'm his second favorite right winger ever to play for him next to Gila Fleur. I hope I'm not mad. And then, boom, he's gone. I said, okay, somebody heard it. So yeah, I am like, yeah. yeah. So I got that I got that going for me. And I think when Patrick Wah has nightmares, I might be in them. Yeah. And
1: that's cool too. That's that's okay. That's good. Oh man. Well again, Darren, thanks so much for being on my show and Anytime. No I will definitely go on your show for sure. Like you, like the last thing I'll say is like every fucking person in Detroit pretty much has your Jersey too. It's not just Federoff and Eisman. You're, you're that person too. Well, so I, from what I hear.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, no, but you know what, That this is it is because you, when you're around superheroes, And all these guys that, and I'm not saying they're not attainable, but they live on a different level. The Isermans, the Lidstroms, you know. Brian Lyon guys, you know, me especially, because what I realized and has helped me, especially in, in sobriety, is that I'm a battery and the people are my power, but I'm them. I just got, I had, I just had the responsibility of representing them and, and they get it. And that's why I travel around the the state and, and, and visit everybody and do comedy and do all these shows, get together, whatever does matter. And, you know, it's, I was told that my dad said that if you don't want to do something, stop it, which was a lot easier said than done. But yep. if you want to, if you want things changed, then, you know, you know, tell me once and show me twice. And that's what I did.
1: For sure. And it shows. And, you know, I want to say, like, thanks again for being on my show and keep up your sobriety and, and enjoy this stuff. And hopefully, this corona will go away soon. And again, we'll talk hockey and we'll say, Absolutely. you know, I hope, like, Detroit goes to you guys and you beat them in the, what is it now? The Little Caesars Arena now. Yeah, Little
0: Caesars Arena. Enterta- it's not an inter- ice hockey rink. It is the greatest entertainment facility in sports. That's what it is. No, Joe Lewis Arena.
1: Do they throw octopuses anymore?
0: Dude, I think somebody probably get like deported or, you know, like something really bad would happen. <laughs> you should have seen, biggest one I ever seen, four guys threw it with a beach ball in its head. It was a ginormous. The best is when people throw it from a high level and they miss and it hit the glass and the people on the front end up.
1: Get all splattered.
0: You all over it. Because <laughs> trust me. I used to try to bury somebody's face in where the octopus would land because of the smell.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that's an unknown thing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> We're all wrestlers at heart, bro. Uh, yes.
0: All right. I got to go bath this dog. All
1: right. Well, take care of your dog and uh, yeah. Oh. Stay, stay safe and healthy, my friend. Thank you all again. Right. Good chat with you, Matt. All right. Thank you. Next, bud. All right. See you, man. Yeah. Darren, that was a great episode, and uh, if anybody wants to check out his podcast, it's Grind Time with Darren McCarty, and visit his website, darrenmccarty.com. I'd like to thank all the people that are supporting me, uh, Greyhound Tavern and Bridgewater Mass, great food, great time, uh, 3A Sports uh, for their gear and clothing line, visit them at 3agear.com, like the BMG boys uh, for their intro and outro to my show and uh thank you everybody for listening and plenty more where that came from and this is Maddie c from Maddie c sports signing out
0: what's up we the bmg boys. boys and thank you for listening please follow his facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at apple podcast iHeartRadio, radio and
1: spotify let's go No mercy when it comes to getting dough and chasing dollars.